1: And the camera just keeps going up, nice slacks, keeps going up, nice collared shirt. And then when it gets to his head, it's just a big penis sticking out of the the guy's (laughs) collar with a face on it. And he says, hi, Mr. Johnson, I'm here to pick up your daughter.
0: All right, welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond Our Service. I appreciate you guys coming back yet again. Uh, today, I have a guest host that is replacing Schick, uh, who will be back soon. And his name is Mr. Brian Shelton. Mr. Brian Shelton, uh, I've known for six years, probably. Yeah, six, maybe seven. Very nice. Um, Brian is much, much older than I am <laughs> by at least... Two to three maybe four times my age. So like a decade. He um he keep he thinks I have I had to explain to him what a podcast is multiple times. Um <laughs> but uh but I appreciate you How coming does on this the work show. Again? Yeah, yeah. No, don't don't touch it. Just talk into it, we'll <laughs> oh, be fine. Okay. Uh no, no, no. So you listen to quite a few more podcasts than I do. So first off, Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? So I live in Alito. Been here since 2005. Originally from Missouri,
1: like a lot of people, moved to Texas with uh, with my job. Okay, and, smart. Uh, uh, love Alito. It's west of Fort Worth, and uh, just a great place to have a family and raise kids. And uh, I work for a Fortune 50 company. I've clawed my way to middle management. Oh, congratulations. And uh just uh, you know, living living the American dream in the suburbs, you know. That's yeah. about it. So, wife and two kids. Wife, two kids. How long have you been dogs. married? Been married 24 years.
0: Wow. So, that's impressive. Big one coming up. Yeah, it is. And you know when it is? Like the date and everything? It's coming up. Okay. <laughs> Yeah,
1: no, it's uh, I, I do know. It's uh, not until uh, June of next year. Or so I've but oh, okay. so I have got learned you, you can't start thinking about those things too early, especially the big ones. Yeah, because the
0: other ones already thinking about it. I promise you. Yeah. So I would imagine. Yeah, and I know your wife so fairly well. Yeah, and she's definitely expecting. She's planned it. <laughs> Probably planning so. Something. She has expectations.
1: One hundred that she won't tell me until after I fail to meet them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, huh. Does that to you. A lot of layers. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm, that's never happened to me ever. <sighs> Renee has never done that. So, <sighs> no. Excited to be on this
1: podcast. I uh, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Yours is one of them. So I'm one of your what two three
0: listeners? I think we're up to six. Six. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, I think you are like the it. only one that we're not related to, though. Okay. You've got to be the only non-family member we have. Yeah, I have I noticed your reviews. You have three. I know. I and I'm three. one of those.
1: You are one of them. So I I think I'm like a charter member. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of your audience. Yeah. So uh, I do feel compelled to tell your audience, though, both of them, that, uh, you know, it's called Beyond Your Service because you guys are veterans. And I'm not one. I haven't served. But I have tremendous appreciation and respect for those of you who have. Uh, I I think it's awesome that you... Gave some years of your life to serve this country, so uh, the rest of us can post on Instagram about how much we hate it.
0: Yes, you're very welcome. I appreciate that very much. Um, It is, but this show is not always, I think we've only had two people come on that are veterans. Most of our guest hosts or hosts are not veterans, except for, well, hosts, there's only two of us. Um, So... Well, I really appreciate that. That was very nice. Um, Very heartfelt. I mean, I've noticed this other trend where uh, with licensing. So kids, like it's just not as big a deal. So when I was a kid, there was, it was a huge deal. Like I remember being 10 and I remember turning 10 and I told my dad, I said, five more years, dad. And he was like, what? And I said, five more years until I'm allowed to drive. And he was like, wow. Okay, good. But, uh. And I did. I got my permit right when I turned 15, and I got my license right when I turned 16.
1: It absolutely is mind-blowing to me. Um, There was no bigger day in young Brian Shelton's life than the day I got my driver's license. Yeah, I had it, like, circled on the calendar, like, five years before. This is the day I will go take my exam, I will get my license. What were the Model Ts like? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, then you know, we had to crank them to start them and that was tiresome, but we got, yeah. you know, we got by, but you had a car. Yeah. And we, if we didn't, we rode the horse as a backup. Nice. So, no, I mean, that, that was, that was a huge day. Yeah. I couldn't wait to drive even, even leading up to driving. I mean, I remember being like 10 and of course we didn't wear seat belts, right? So I would sit, of course not. I would sit in the, on the bench seat next to my dad and he would let me dr- steer. He, I couldn't reach the pedals. Right. Right. But he right, would right. let me steer. And I mean, I wore him out with it every time. Dad, can I, st-? you know, and I mean, sometimes he's like, just sit over there and be quiet. And, uh, and I would do it with my mom. And uh, it, just driving was all I wanted to do. And, yeah. God, when I got my license, it was the, it was the, hell, hell, when I was 14, I would go, after my mom and dad went to bed, I would sneak downstairs. I would put the car in neutral so you couldn't hear it start. I would push it out of the garage, out to the end of the driveway, <laughs> and then start it And drive, you know, just drive around. I wouldn't do anything. I wasn't like going to go drink or cause trouble. I just wanted to drive and I would go drive the car. Then I'd pull it back into the garage, turn the motor off, push it, push it back in. (laughs) I mean, push it back into the garage from the driveway. And uh, because I just wanted to drive. And yeah, kids today, my kids did get their license at 16. um, But it wasn't wasn't like they were counting the minutes, you know, three years ahead of time.
0: Yeah, I was pretty similar. I, I always ask my parents if I, so my mom used to, when I was uh, 10 and 11, she had a manual Honda Accord. Yeah, stick shift. And so I would sit in the passenger seat and I got, I would be like, can I shift? Let me, can I do the shifting? You just tell me when and I'll do the shifting. And then I would ask to steer, which she usually didn't let me steer. And then finally one day when I was 11, she had had enough. So she, our, there was a lake that was near our house. With a big, like, park. So, it had a lot of roads, and they were usually pretty Mm -hmm. empty. So, she pulled me up to there. She's like, I've had enough. She had to give me two phone books, or a book. (laughs) Some other kind of textbook or something, because I was so tiny. She's like, she put it in there, and she taught me how to drive a stick. I drove a stick that day, and just drove around the lake. And then, it was like, hey, mom, can I, can we go to, like, a big, any parking lot? I don't care. Like, can we just go anywhere, and let me drive around for 30 minutes. And it was awesome. It's just weird. I don't understand why... I learned to drive a stick shift in the mall parking lot. Yeah,
1: I was like fourteen or fifteen. Same deal. Mom took me out to the mall parking lot on like a Sunday when there's nobody in it, yep. right? And uh, learned to drive a
0: stick. and And I thought that was oh, I thought a stick shift was really cool. I thought I'd still think it is. My Jeep is still stick shift. I love it. I hate them now. I would. I, I absolutely <laughs> hate them. <laughs> I love it. I really do. I mean, even in traffic, because as long as it's not just, it's not too bad of a beating, if the traffic isn't just insane. But I like it. I like even though it's a Jeep and I don't go fast in it because right. it's a block. But I just I enjoy it. And actually, your kids are the story I tell most people when they realize I have a stick shift. I said, "Yeah, it's funny." <laughs> Uh, is when I took you and your sons to the shooting range Yeah, and we were sitting and talking and you kind of stopped and you looked back, you looked at the stick shift and you looked at them and you're like, boys, have you guys ever seen one of these? And they kind of looked over and they were like, no, no, I haven't. What is, what is that? And you're like, that's the stick shift. He's actually changing the gears <laughs> with that stick. And they're like, oh, I mean, I've heard of manual cars. I've just never, yeah. i never seen one. But that's, that is, see,
1: that's one of the differences, though. When I was that age, I'd have been all over it. I'd have been like, what's that? Can I do it? You know, and they're just like, okay, whatever. Just not as into as into cars and the whole idea of driving as 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 I was. And I think it stems from, if you think back to, you know, kids they aren't as into bikes. When I was a kid, my bike was freedom, man. That was. Oh, yeah. You could go anywhere, do anything, get out of the house, and nobody could touch you. And my kids were just not that into bike riding. People touching you back then? Well, (laughs) Well, let's get down to it. I've gotten past it, Stephen. Lots of therapy. Wow. Okay.
0: (laughs) Getting real deep here. (laughs) That should have been the segue for Jason Brazil. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: But no, man, riding my bike was was the best thing ever, and my kids were like, eh, bikes. Who wants bikes. We got video games. We got stuff to do in the house. Oh. It's hot. Yeah. It's
0: hot out here. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't understand. It, it blows my mind. I loved riding my bike. All my friends did. I mean, it was you. I mean, you just got absolutely ridiculed if you couldn't ride a bike. If you didn't know how. You, oh. you got destroyed. Oh, absolutely. And it was just, it was how fast can you go making, building ramps, breaking stuff. Yeah, building ramps. Awesome.
1: Oh, man, yeah. With a piece of plywood and some two-by-fours, yes. you stole from a construction site or whatever, and you built oh, a ramp, yeah.
0: and oh, it was the best. We used, uh, one time we used drywall <laughs> that we took it. from work too well, right off it. the, you know, hell no. No, it snapped in half immediately. And then we just left it in front of the construction site. We had taken, I mean, because in our neighborhood when I was a the kid, they were we were the first phase, so they built two more phases. Oh, that's so there was awesome! Just when you this endless got... amounts of construction sites. Oh, that's the best. When you're a kid, a, a construction site. What's oh, better? God, all the framed houses. Oh play yeah. Tag, hide and seek in them. Piles of dirt. I have no idea how many times I got cut by dirty nails or had uh, insulation all over me. Yeah. Because I would hide in the attic and yeah. I'm itchy from fiberglass. Great! Now,
1: see, now we shelter our kids from all that stuff,
0: and they're wusses. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! All right. Yeah. Well, you're also a terrible parent. You get you get absolutely condemned if you're like, you let your kids play on a construction site. <laughs> what yeah. is wrong with you? Yeah. Did you know there's nails in there? All right. Like, yeah, I did. I I mean, I feel like they're okay. Yeah, one of my friends
1: did step on a two by four that had a nail sticking out of it and went all the way through his heel. (laughs) All the way, I mean, like, into his his heel? His heel. Shit. Like, into the bone. It was bad. But, you know, he was fine. He's, you know. He didn't die. He didn't die. He didn't lose his foot. You know, he's a productive member of society. And he watches where he steps. (laughs) He learned the rest of of his life. He learned a valuable lesson. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, so. One of the things that that article said that was on, um, what was Wall Street Journal, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. I think it was cool. It talked about like, uh, I didn't realize that Ford had bought a scooter company. I didn't either. So they bought a scooter company. They're trying to figure out like alternative ways to, because it's not like the gen, a lot of this was about Gen Z, which is. I think they were born around ninety seven is what the article said. Okay. Between there. And they were saying that one, that it's too expensive. Cars the price of cars has gone up a ton. So I do think that's some of it because cars have gone up an insane amount. Insurance is more expensive because what a bumper used to cost what, three, five hundred dollars to replace. Now it's three grand because it's got sixteen sensors in it and four cameras. So and when so- I when I
1: was an agent in two 2000- thousand 3 I got rear-ended in my F150 and the bumper was $250 that bumper now is like $1400 cuz it's got
0: cameras all and the all the technology, this technology in, it. in it a bumper for an F150 which is supposed to make the car safer right and then you introduce texting mm-hmm. while driving cuz I and I never do that ever cuz I'm a very responsible citizen uh, so then you started here. we started seeing all these other accidents. I'm not sure I believe that. I would never lie
1: on a podcast. But I can see your body language. So they I may, would never lie. The listeners on a may buy it,
0: Stephen, but I'm not. <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Ask Renee. She knows how responsible I am. So, <laughs> and that she never yells at me for that. We. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it talked about the price. So yeah, they're all starting to, but they have, and then there's a lot of chin ziers, A lot of these kids start moving into urban, more densely populated urban areas where cars don't make as much sense because they don't have to go as far. Um,
1: I mean, I get it if you live in New York city or Miami, something like that, where you can, you, you have plenty of Uber. Well, I don't think, they allow Uber in New York City, actually, they don't. but you have subways and taxi cabs. Yeah, they have a lot of public transit. You, I can, And it costs a fortune to not only own a car, but park a car. Yeah. That Parking can be as much as your car payment. So I get why it's just not practical there, but I don't get not wanting one. I mean, I, even if I lived there and had to
0: take public transit, I would I would always miss having a car. At least having your license. Yeah. At least having the ability to drive a car. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't get, but, you know, I think, so do you, you, we kind of talked about this before. Do you think that parents are pushing it as much as? I think that's
1: a factor. So, you know, when I was a kid, and, and yeah, it was the 70s and 80s when I grew up, right? And Jesus. I was not the center of my parents' universe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and They had lives of their own um you know kind of my dad and his job everything kind of revolved around that and everything else was was uh secondary to that and he was not going to miss work to be at my soccer I mean I didn't play soccer but football practice or what, whatever <laughs> yeah I don't think soccer had been invented yet in, in, in not in America anyway definitely not in America no not in America not in the Midwest for sure um but, you know, he he just wasn't. And if he could be at my game, he would be at my game. And if he couldn't, he couldn't. And it was no big deal. Sure. And uh, now, you know, I I will admit I'm at everything my kids that I can be at and have a role in, especially when they were little. Now, not as much because, you know, they don't want me at football practice when high school, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be at practice then either.
1: But, you know, when they were little – I'm involved in everything I, I want to be. And, you know, we have a great relationship because of that. But then I think a lot of the moms are, are a, a lot of, mom, at least a lot of moms I know out mm-hmm. here, their identity is their kids, you know, especially yeah. the ones who don't work. They have no identity largely beyond their children. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I do think there's some parents who, this, certainly don't encourage their kids to get their license because they see it as I'm losing them, right? I'm going to lose a big part of my identity. I'm If I'm not taking him to school every day and taking her to soccer practice every night and ballet lessons, then what am I going to do, mm-hmm.
0: right? Who, who am don't I as need a person? You as much.
1: Yeah, they don't need you as much. And uh,
0: so, yeah, I do think the parenting is certainly an influence. <clears throat> I think um, I think that's a great point. I think it's... Definitely uh it seems like a side effect. And I think my generation is uh I think technically I'm a millennial, but I think I don't know when the helicopter mom became so prevalent, but I definitely think it was either just before me being Dude, you were kind of in that evolution, right? There were probably some helicopter my moms. Mom, I think there was I think there's always been some, but when I was a kid I don't remember seeing many. Yeah. Like even when we were little, we would just leave go out in the neighborhood, we'd rode our bikes, just be home before, hey, you know, when it starts getting dark, you need to be inside. Or you had the whistle dad who would whistle and you could hear it from like three miles away. Right. But it just, you know, it was, that's how it was. And I don't feel like he had a lot of moms that, you know, some, I think I guess the closest helicopter mom I can think of is that had a couple friends that like every couple hours they had to go back home and check in. And they were forced to and it was always a pain in the ass because if we got too far on the bikes, they they were like, We can't I can't go this far or whatever, because I had to be back in an hour. I can't go out that far. I think that was the closest that I ever really remembered. And then I remember before we had my kids, we had some neighbors and stuff, and they had like and they're they were young, they're toddlers, they're they were, you know, three, four, but they are literally hovering over them. Yeah and you know didn't want them to try to even scrape their knee and fall i mean they were just so overly protective and i remember and i'm and renee's not like that either but i don't know i just think that that's definitely a side effect of it now is that is the helicopter mom has now had 16 year old kids instead of right six year old kids and they don't know what to do yeah there's a lot to
1: unpack there i mean there have always been overprotective parents i remember i friends of mine as a little kid that were overprotective, but I do think it's become more from the, not just a one-off thing to more cultural, right? Where Mm -hmm. it's more, and and part of it for, I I do get it. Part of it is for good reason. I mean, when I was a kid, my parents, basically when school was out in the summer, it's like they say, okay, go outside and play and, you know, come back when school starts in September. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. and I would just go (laughs) and, and it was largely safe, then And so now, yeah, we were definitely more protective of our kids because we we're there's more threats now, it seems like. It does. Um, so part of it's that, but part of it, I think that's an excuse to be a helicopter parent, be involved in every aspect of your kids' lives, uh, let make your kids the identity of your own life. And so when they become 16, yeah, you don't want them to go off on their own. You, you want them to still need you. And one of the reasons kids gave, a lot of those kids gave for not wanting to drive was... Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, why do they have anxiety? Because their parents have been, you know, keeping them under their wings since they were since they were born, and have never really given them a leash, let them uh, let them get out there and explore, and fall down and get hurt, and learn a lesson from it, and move on. And right. I, and so,
0: yeah, I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I don't know. I love I I love where I, I'll say I love where I live now. We moved into a new neighborhood, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that actually stood out to me. Uh, we hadn't quite moved in yet. I was mowing the lawn and it just kind of, I saw it a few times and it is weird that it stood out to me. It's a, maybe a little sad, but I saw a golf cart go by and there was like five kids in it, no adults. Mm. And I was like, and I'm talking from like, maybe the oldest was 10 and then younger and they're all stacked on that thing and they're mm-hmm. going down the street. And I was like, it's, Golf carts don't go that fast, but it's going about as fast as it can. And then I, I saw it, and it just like one of those things where it just kind of stuck out. But I didn't really pay attention to why it stuck out. And then I saw probably thirty minutes later, like three little boys riding by on just their bikes. Mm-hmm. Again, no adults. Yeah. No, and then I, that's it. Just struck me. I'm like, oh my god, there's no adults. That's right. why. And we come in from a super cookie cutter. You know suburban, um, track home, whatever. And there's a thousand homes in it. You never saw, I never saw unless they were like 16 older, much older kids walking. I never saw like a kid 10 or under by themselves or just a few of the kids, like a little group of kids just Doing whatever. Just flying down the street. Really? no you, adults. You, oh, so
1: that was just an i have never seen it.
0: Wow. Yeah. I was like, and it just, I, it struck me that that's why it stood out, was because wow. there was no adult. There's no adult there. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. When my kids get a little bit older, you know, Steven's six, and I don't quite trust him yet, but right. to look both ways all the time, but he's, and he's, but he's good. Uh, that's awesome to be like, just get the hell away from me. Go outside and yeah. be back before it's midnight yeah we do we still we see that a lot here of course
1: we're not in the city we're in a smaller neighborhood a little mm-hmm. more rural so yeah we see kids out by themselves you know quite quite a bit yeah we don't we didn't see that
0: but i mean it it made sense you'd have assholes that are flying 40 miles an hour down these little roads right um my kids could legitimately accidentally fall into the street because my front yard's so damn small right so it is different where it's it's a one acre lot neighborhood where i moved just like this place is here so it's you know, it's a little harder to accidentally get into the road. Right. I don't know. It. it I mean, I, I think some of it's that—not just the parenting, but it's just—it's cool. You know, it's exciting. It, it,
1: there's a, there's definitely a fine line between protecting your kids and being overprotective, and it, it and it changes based on where you live and how responsible your kids. You know, we didn't necessarily treat both our kids the same way in terms of the latitude we gave them because. Maybe one was more mature than the other or could handle different things than sure than the other one. So it it's definitely a case by case basis, I think. But you know, I saw um I saw you uh, remember Colt McCoy, he was a quarterback oh, yeah. of, of uh Texas Longhorns back then. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Longhorn fan, but I I, no, I, hate them, I liked him. He was a he was a really I thought stand up guy, yeah, good character, and uh and I saw his dad speak. And he spoke at our church, actually. And he, he had a lot of great parenting thoughts. But one of the things he said that I'll never forget that is, was really my parenting philosophy, in hindsight, I just didn't say it this clearly, and it is you have to prepare the boy for the path, not the path for the boy. And I, and man, that's, I'm like, yes, that is exactly what we're trying to do. We are trying to prepare our kid to be able to make it in the world, not change the world to make it easier for our kid. And I think that's probably the biggest mistake in, in my, and I'm no parenting expert, but so far our kids are doing pretty well. I think we've done a pretty good, <clears> good <throat> job. Yeah. And I see a lot of parents who I think are trying to prepare the path for the boy. Right. Trying to make it easy for their kid, knock down all the barriers. Um, they be way too involved in the teachers, get onto the coaches when they get onto their kids, uh, you know, all this stuff. And and you see extreme examples of it, like these rich Hollywood celebrities who cheated, you know, on oh, the yeah. ACT, yeah. right? That's just an extreme example of trying to prepare the path for the boy or the girl. Uh, And don't mean to be male centric here, but he he, he had a son, not a a daughter. That's why he said that.
0: Well, I think it, I mean, I think it applies both sides. And I think, um, you know, I think, uh, man, I'm just over here nodding my head, head banging. (laughs) Basically, says, so I've heard it a different, a slightly different way, but I 100% agree um, with what you're saying. And I can relate to it because my parents were, um, I grew up in a rant. I it just my parents had a horrible marriage at first for well most of my life. Um, but they they're a lot better now. But because of that, some of it was just their old school parenting. They did they they believed in spanking. They believed mm-hmm. in look you if you're gonna get yourself in trouble or you're gonna get in a tough situation, you need to figure out how to get out of it because I'm not always gonna be here for you. I can't just. You know, at some point, like I you know, you gotta go and be able to clean up after yourself. You gotta be able to pick up clean up you know, I remember having to clean my bathrooms, the toilets, everything, because they're like, look, you're not gonna I'm not gonna be able to do this for you forever. And but some of it was just at the time they they were busy. They had they were busy yelling at each other for a short period of time. So it was like we were outside doing whatever. But man, I just I remember my preacher, uh Matt Chandler at the time he was my preacher and he oh, yeah. I like him. He's great. And and can be intense. And he talked about that too. He said something about how he was telling his son or he was getting hard he was hard on his son because his son ran out into the road and he didn't look both ways. He just ran out. And he basically he said that he like tried to scar him. It was like, tried to show him like a dead, talked about like dead roadkill. And like, do you want to be the dead road, like the dead squirrel Mm -hmm. with your brain hanging out and stuff. And he kind of saying it as more of a joke, but he said like my, um, when it comes, especially when it comes to life or death, he's like, my job is not to raise a boy. And he's had for, he said he's had people that have made like, Hey man, he, you know, take it easy. He's just a boy. He's like, that's, so that's where you're wrong i'm his father my job is not to raise a boy my job is to raise a man mm-hmm. i've got to make a man yep not just keep him and treat him as a boy forever exactly like i, I don't care that he's eight years old he has to understand there's consequences to what he does and his decisions and that's something that we've tried very hard to treat to teach our kids and they you know there's things that we don't let them do there's things that they come back and they're like well so and so now that they're in grade school and you know they're TikTok and they, they have kids that have phones and stuff. Like, why why we can't we have phones? Like because there's a bunch of crap on there that I don't want you having access to. So come, I want to. You just sparked
1: something I just read. You know, there's there's a, there's this company called I think it's Gab Wireless, and they have phones for kids. It looks just like an iPhone. It acts like an iPhone, but it doesn't have all the crap. And I was like, man, I wish that had been around.
0: Yeah, so when my it like kids. A, were so younger. I heard of dumb phones. Is it like it? Does it have not have the internet? So it's just a phone. I
1: I didn't. It didn't say whether it had the internet. Okay. Or okay. if it has the internet, but just very limited mm-hmm, things as, mm-hmm. as to what could happen. Um, but I was like, man, I wish that would have been around. Anyway, I didn't mean to digress from your no, topic. but you but
0: just, that's the that's the point. I I because I've told them like, look, you can have a phone. When you're 16. And they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, but Susie has a phone now, and she's seven. And I, I mean. <laughs> this is probably not the right answer but i looked at my daughter and i was like, "well, oh, that's cuz her parents are stupid." Yeah. And she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah. Look, there's just too much. There's too much that there's too much bad stuff that you don't even know exists." Well,
1: the same parents who are trying to protect their kid from every conceivable harm oh, are the same parents giving their kid, you know, an iPhone 10 when they're 6 years old with no restrictions. Yeah. And I'm like, "Wait, you're so concerned about protecting your kid from every possible harm and yet you're giving them this what could be the greatest possible harm you could do because oh because they want it and their friends have it oh well okay great but
0: TikTok's not bad no Uh, what yeah the amount of shit that I have had to tell explain to my children because their friend or some kid in their class has TikTok Mm -hmm. is unreal (laughs) my daughter is was she's in third now but she was in second grade and she has come home talking about uh, what does this mean? And for those of you who can't see my hands, it's making a hole it's with gesture. one hand and a finger, and you put your finger in the hole back and forth. Hmm. She's asked me that. She's, I mean, I'm. it's just insane. How old is she? She's eight. Eight. God. Yeah. So, and she told us, one of them was, she asked us, she said, well, this was when girls put uh, a boy's penis in their mouth and drink their pee.
1: Hmm.
0: and i'm like no <laughs> no that's not a thing yeah yeah so it's, that's uh, uh no 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 no
1: parents know you know i i do think a lot of concept uh, parents don't get the concept of of parenting and what that means uh, and you're right you're you're about trying to raise a responsible adult who gets the concept of actions have consequences that's a huge concept for a successful functioning adult, and it's it's one that I think a lot of parents, in my mind, again I'm no expert, but I have opinions on it.
0: Uh, well, I'm, well, we are experts. We're on a podcast.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, I'm just a guest, though. You're the expert. You're, You're a professional.
0: You're, well, of I'm course. a spare. I'm just a spare. Filler. You're a co-host.
1: But trying to protect their kids from the consequences of their own actions. When I, the best thing you can teach your kid, I think, is the consequences of their own actions, and that means sometimes letting them fail, letting them fall, letting them get hurt. Let you know within a controlled kind of controlled environment, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you talked about spanking. You know, we we spanked. I did. I I was the spanker, but it was limited. You know, you don't you don't spank because you're mad. You spank to teach a lesson. You know, like your your uh, uh, story about going out in the street. When, when we lived in a, we were younger, kids were little, we lived in a small house with a small yard and a street out in front with traffic that went, you know, by pretty quick. And uh, Jacob was like two or three and trying to teach him not to go into the street. And he was sort of testing us like kids do, not really knowing the danger. And he went into the street. After I told him not to, and I grabbed him right there and I spanked him right there in front of God and everybody, <laughs> and my wife was like, "Oh my God, no!" And uh, but she understood, you know. I told him, I said, "Look, I did that to you know. He's not going to go in the street again, right? I needed to make him realize that it's really going to hurt me, yeah, because that spanking didn't hurt nearly as bad as getting hit by he's F one hundred and fifty.
0: It's being killed,
1: right? Yeah, and so that's where I think something like you know, timeout wasn't going to do it. No. Time out was not gonna get his attention. And I'm not saying there's not a place for time out. I'm just saying that wasn't it. That was a place for something really severe and harsh that got his attention. And
0: you know what? He's still alive. So yeah.
1: I think I think he's uh, I don't think it's scarred him for life.
0: No, and if it does, you know, I'll help pay we can help like if I for my kids, I've I've spanked both of them. It's been pretty, pretty rare, especially as they've gotten older. And you know, yeah. you talked about yeah. how you have to parent differently for each kid, mm-hmm. right? So my daughter is much more the I can if I like all the, the I'm disappointed discussion. Yeah, for some kids that's ten the worst times more you can damaging. Do. Yeah, and she's just in tears mm-hmm. now. Not that doesn't work as well for Renee, but when I'm disappointed or <laughs> right. upset, it it's devastating. Yeah. And so there's no point. There's no, I don't have I don't spank. I don't have to do anything. We just have a talk, and it goes very far, and you can tell it goes very far. Yep. She's, she'll bring it up later. She'll talk about it. And again, it, it's not like I'm guilting her all the time. There's usually just a, okay, now it's over. You know, yeah. we're good. Let's move forward. Just don't do it again. Yeah, or whatever. I still love you. You're a great person. Of course. We Let's give, uh, give her a hug and a kiss. Love you to death. And I have to do this because I'm your father. Right. Like, it's not fun for me. My son? <clears throat> that little <laughs> bastard. I've had to really step it up at times because. One, he is a nervous smiler and a nervous laugher. So if he gets nervous when he's like really in trouble, he will smile at you and laugh. <laughs> and that's pretty infuriating yep. when you're trying to discipline him. Um, but he... I was that kid. Uh, I, I get it. God. Get I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he is so frustrating. <laughs> but I have to be careful because you're right. You, don't, you, don't, you can't spank when you're angry. And and I don't want to be mad, So that's usually it's just time out or go to your room and I'll right. calm down. And then sometimes if it's really bad, I'll spank him. But I did, I mean, he he is much more, to me, spanking worked more for him. Because it didn't matter if I talked to him. He would basically just be like, yeah, no, yeah, uh uh-huh. Oh, get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dad, Totally got it, man. Yep. Yeah, oh, sure. And then he would just go off and do it an hour later. Right. And I'm like, no. So, I don't know. It's just...
1: Well, the, the other thing that's – what's so effective to make a spanking most effective mm. is to tell them you're going to spank them for what you did tomorrow. Tomorrow? Oh, my God, yes. You are going to get a spanking. I'm so glad you Oh, my that. God. You don't have to spank <laughs> them hard. <laughs> no. The anticipation, the dread, you know, that's going to keep them from doing whatever they did ever again. The
0: spanking is kind of incidental at that point. Steven is – like that uh both of them are but man we steven it was like we couldn't figure out what to what really he did i can't remember what he did it was something pretty bad i think he ran to the street i think he almost got hit by a car like he started going out and luckily they were watching him and they had already started slowing down Mm -hmm. and he and we're i mean just and he was old enough to know i think he was like five was before we moved i mean just bad and Oh, no. So we figured it out. And then uh, we did it once. It was like that. And Renee just said, I don't know what to do. I'm too angry. I'm not going to spank him. And I texted her. And I said, I'll just tell them I'll take care of it when I get home. <laughs> and I didn't even think about it at the time. It wasn't on purpose. It was just, it was in the middle of the day. and like, I'll deal with this when I get home. Well, I ended up getting stuck at work. <laughs> and so I didn't come home until like seven at night. Right. And she was like, they are absolutely, he is almost in tears, (laughs) just begging to get spanked. My dad went over there to say, to hang out with them for a little bit. And my son begged my dad to give him a spanking (laughs) just to get it over with. And my dad's like, dude, I I can't help you, man. Like, I'm, this, this, you gotta have to wait. (laughs) And that's when we realized how bad it was. So there was only one other time that we've used it and- they, I guess, just lost their minds for whatever reason <laughs> at the dentist's office. They lost it. Renee calls me. She's so freaking mad. She is like, you. she got like the shake voice. She's right. so mad on the phone. And so she is like, I'm trying to pay. They started tackling each other, jumping like off the, the couch in the dentist office. I told them like four times to be quiet because I couldn't even hear the lady. It right. was so loud. She's like, I've never seen them act like that. They were so insane, so embarrassing, and they just were so disrespectful to Renee for not she they just didn't they just didn't care. Yeah. And so she I said, All right, well, tell them, let them know, I'll give them a spanking when I get home. And Steven had baseball practice and Lily had gymnastics. And so I got home and they were like, you know, we're really sorry. And I talked to them for a little bit. And they're like, So we're gonna get our spanking. And I was like, No. We don't have time. We have to go. You're going to practice, and you're going to go to gymnastics. And <laughs> when they we get home. started to cry. <laughs> they're like, no. I mean, they're like, I, they're like that's like another, that's forever. And I was like, I don't care. You're not, we don't have time. We have to go right now. Yeah. We're leaving. And, man, it was awesome. <laughs> it was just awesome to see they're just, it, they've never done it again. Never. Yeah. They were just like, that's. That was awful. Yeah. Spankings are
1: very effective. If you do it right, you get it. And that's yeah. that's the way to do it, you know. And you don't have to do them very often and you don't have to be violent about it or hurt them. But no hell, when I was a kid, I'd get I'd get spanked at school. They spanked us in school and then I'd get spanked at home for getting a spanking. <laughs>
0: like, I already got a
1: spanking.
0: <laughs> did you ever have to I never had to, my parents did. Um and my parents are older than you. Did you ever have to do the switch? Go pick your own switch. Pick your own switch. Actually, no. My parents. So we had a paddle. We had my. Okay. Had a like a fraternity paddle
1: or something that was my. That was the spanker. That was the official household Shelton spanker. Uh, but no, I had a, a a kid down the street who would have to go pick his own switch.
0: Yep. Oh, and that was. I mean, that's borderline. Those things yeah. really. Yeah. Do some damage. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom's dad was a pick your own switch guy. Oh wow. And she had three brothers. And so there was only one that would, that was just a crazy asshole and would push it every time and come back with like a twig to be a smart ass. Right. And he'd make him go back and do all that stuff. Like he's the same uncle that I guess they, he got a switch. One of their favorite, my only, my favorite story is that he, they are sleeping in all in the same room for something. I don't know why. It's late. He comes in, granddad comes in and he's yelling at him. And he's like, I swear to God, if I hear one more peep out of you, and he closed the door, and before he even gets to his room, my, the same uncle, the crazy one, goes, peep, oh, man. like that. And you just hear my mom, was just <laughs> like, oh my God, and you just hear like thundering coming back out, ripped him <laughs> out of the <laughs> room, <laughs> <laughs> just running back. So that guy got the switch a lot. Oh, that's great. But it's great. Yeah, that one is crazy. Although oh. I do appreciate the mental stress of you having to pick your own switch. Yeah,
1: and if you don't pick a good one, I'll go get, pick
0: one. I'm so you kind of, yeah.
1: you know, ooh, I want to. I want one kind of slender, but not too slender, where he's gonna go pick it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, no, I remember our. We had an, an assistant principal when I was in junior high, which is kind of when I was at my worst, behavioral wise who played for the Cubs. He played pro baseball for the Cubs back when they didn't make any money, so he had to go be an assistant principal, right? Yeah. And uh, and it was like a badge of honor to get spanked by him because he would do the whole, you know, you had to bend over his desk, and he would, he'd say, okay, batter's in the box, you know, and here comes the pitch. And then sometimes he'd miss. Swing and a miss, oh. you know, <laughs> and you're bent over. You can't see the whole time. I only got one spanking from him. But, man, they were legendary. Everyone who ever got spanked by him <laughs> never forgot it.
0: Did he hit you hard?
1: Yeah, pretty hard. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was good. a pretty good. I do remember it had my full attention. Yeah, and you'd only get like three. It wasn't like like at home I would get spanked, you know, the number of times depended on the transgression. But it sure. was always at least ten. It was never less than ten. Good God. But they didn't hit me as hard as, uh, gotcha. as this guy. This guy put a pretty good lick on you. And so it was like three to five, I think was kind of the range.
0: I always did. I give them usually one, sometimes two, if it's really bad. And then it always doubles if you lie about it. Oh yeah. Because good. lying always makes things worse. Mm-hmm. So you lied, you were going to get two. Good life lesson. Now you have to get four. Good because life you know why? Lying makes everything worse. Mm-hmm. And then, So that's the only one I've got so far. But Mm -hmm. usually, I think that's the most I've ever done. See, they'll never forget that. Yeah, no, they tell me. They'll
1: never forget. Lying makes everything worse. Lying makes
0: everything worse. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. And they've told on themselves, I'm like, okay, great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, parenting is all about, like you said, helping your kid be a successful human. Because left to our own devices, we wouldn't. Had I not had, you know, good parenting, good other influences in my life, I would sit on the couch and eat Doritos all day. Mm-hmm. Cause that's really what I want to do, you know? Yeah. And if nobody had taught me any different, that's, that's what I would do. Fortunately, I had people who loved me enough to teach me. That's not a path to success. Yeah. You know, the consequences of those actions are not good ones. Right. And, uh, I think, you know, everybody's that way
0: pretty much. You, people don't make good choices on their own. They have to be taught that. Yeah, and I think it, I think it teaches us, um, and this might be a bit of a reach, but I think that it also teaches you how to, and not just spank, not spanking, in initially just the discipline and like, and then getting in trouble and then moving forward. If you do it correctly, so I've never hit my kids or spank them, and then not like waited in the room. I don't put them in timeout after that. That's it. Like that's the punishment. It's done, mm-hmm. and then it's give them a hug, yep. give them a kiss, tell them that I love them. Everything's good. Yep. We're fine. I'm still. I still love you. You mm-hmm. still you know, it just I love you. We're, we're, I don't we're like done. What you did. It's over. Right? Yeah. There's some, it's separate. We're in, and I'm not mad anymore. Like mm-hmm. we're going to go watch TV. Let's go. Right. Whatever. And it just, I think it kind of helps you where <sighs> kind of dealing with adversity to a degree, but I guess, um, I had it in my head for a second and then I lost it, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's like adversity where you're that it's okay. Like you can get in trouble. You're going to make mistakes in real life. And then, you just move on. Yeah. It's not that something you don't like. We don't dwell on it. My kids don't dwell on it. Like they screw up. Okay, look, you screwed up. Learn from it. Did you learn from it? Yes, I did. Okay, you are gonna do it again? No. And then they just, all right, let's just move on. The day, let's like the day's not over. Right. Nothing's ruined. Right. Everything's fine. We're good. Like mm-hmm. let's. We got baseball practice later today, son. We're gonna go have fun at practice. Like, it's like nothing ever happened. Right. And I think. Even as an employer, I've seen with some of my younger employees that like they make a mistake, they get in trouble, they come, you know, and I have to sit down with them, and it's devastating. Yeah, and to me, sometimes it makes me wonder, like, what? It's not that. I mean, yeah, you got in trouble, you made a mistake, but like it doesn't have to. This isn't ruin your week. Do you wonder if it's because maybe they never really got in trouble? Much I don't. Yeah, of, I have. You know, and I know one of them that I I, I suspect that. But, and I've had some of the past where the more I learned about their childhood, that that's where I started thinking, well, maybe. Weak parents. They just weren't ever told no. Yeah, yeah. They were just never really, you know, they, it's almost like their parents are too afraid of hurting their feelings. Right. But then they didn't learn how to like screw up and then be forgiven and then just move forward. Yeah. Like, all right, well, that was dumb. I made a mistake. I just, right. like, I, 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 you know, and I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I did a lot of stupid shit. My, my parents were just like, I was really dumb and I got in mm-hmm. trouble and then okay well you're still my son like you yeah. you st- still it's that on un- uh what is unconditional love right. like i think that helps teach that yeah for sure so mm-hmm. and again i'm not a, i'm definitely not a pro my my the oldest is eight so yeah he's got still a got long a- way to go
1: yeah but i mean sounds like you're doing sounds like you're doing a lot of the right things and I don't know. And moms are huge, you know. You know, dads are huge, are a huge influence. moms are huge. I see a lot of. I see. I think I see a lot of kids more messed up because they have weak
0: moms. Really? Than see, they have I, weak dads. I would say the opposite. Well, Why do you say? Spend,
1: that? Well, because moms spend more time with with the child. And when you see, when you're like, you're at Quickie Lube waiting for the oil change, mm-hmm. and the kids are just a holy freaking terror, and the moms are like, "Don't do that!" I said, "Don't do that." or I'm going to, and they, and they make these empty threats. Yes. Or you're really going to get it, or I'm going to take your phone away. And they don't. And the kid knows they're not going to. And so they just keep doing it. Yeah. that's that a good kind point. Of thing. Yeah. I see that. Not that there aren't plenty of weak, crummy or absent dads. I know there are, but yeah. I, you know, I just, I see that more. It seems like than than the other.
0: I think it's, I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Cause you always have both. You always have a, one of the parents is always the more disciplined, mm-hmm. like the tougher one, yeah. and one of the parents is always the little bit more gentle and caring one. Yeah, and it's usually the dad that's the scarier one or the tougher one. But I have some friends that are not. It's it's flipped. You know, they'll scrape their knee when they were really little, and and excuse me, my buddy that grew up with me, uh, you know, he'd freak out. Oh my God! He's, we have to clean this. And he's, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's scrape me. And his wife is the one that's like, he's fine. Just, right. just pick him up. My God! Just, ugh, just stop. Leave him alone. But I do think that that's important to have a, a you know, a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you I mean, when you say it like that, I have. It's usually the the empty threat thing. Usually comes from. The mom more than it does the dad. Yeah. Especially in public. Or they use the dad. Your dad's going to really let you have it when yeah. he gets
1: home, and he's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're not going to tell him about it, or, you know, it happened six hours ago, and he's like, really, you know, what are we going to do about it now? No. My wife was really good about about that. She was a good, uh, consistent, disciplinary, and fair, but, you know, and then if... She got me involved. It was really bad. They knew, so she knew they meant business. They knew she meant business. But then if she really was, you know, they really screwed up, she was going to tell me, mm-hmm. and then it was going to be, you know, then, then it was going to be next level. But it was going to be hell's so it was good team. You got to be a team effort. You know, that's the thing. It's a team. Yeah. You can't have one saying you're going to get a spanking them saying, oh, no, don't no, don't do that,
0: you know. Oh, God, we had. So there has been times where I've gotten too angry or even Renee's gotten too angry. Yeah, and we talk don't, each other off the ledge, and we don't. Uh, it, like we've we've I've waited because we we do try to you know a unified front right. against the enemy right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is the children. Because, my God, they're <laughs> the enemy half the time. So it, it usually like the, there's been times where I've just been maybe I yelled too loud and I scared even Renee. Like right. I just bursted out and yelling, and then. Um, cause I don't know if you know this, but I can be pretty loud. What? Yeah, I know I'm a very quiet, whispery kind of person, but
1: breaking news, breaking
0: news. <laughs> yeah. So we, I do remember, are there's been times where she's pulled me out afterwards, not in front of the kids Or like, you know, cause it wasn't that insane, but she's just like, eh, maybe next time you want to back it off a little bit. That was right. a bit much. Yeah. Maybe you want to go apologize after. And you know, it's like, that was too much. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Really? All right. Yeah. You need that. My bad. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think it's it's important because, man, I mean, I saw it when my 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 so my older sister's mentally ill, but that doesn't mean anything. All it means is she's incredibly good at manipulating people, uh-huh. and she would divide and conquer like no one I've ever seen. Mm, wow. She would divide my parents and wait and wait until they were in their rooms and just absolutely demolish them. Mm-hmm. My parents were also terrible at communicating with one another. That was one of their huge problems when I was growing up. Like to the point is even when I was ten, I could be like, "Man, you guys suck at this." this is <laughs> and awful. I'm ten. I and can I'm see this, and I'm ten, and I still can see it. So my parent, my uh, my kids, and they do that too. They go like the, "Well, hey, Dad, can I um can I have another snack? Mm-hmm. Can I have some ice cream?" Mom said it was okay if you did. Yeah. Uh, oh. Did you ask your mom? Well, they're still so young that I'm. They're like, I've, I've asked Steven and Lily before, but mainly Steven. And I'm like, because remember, lying makes things worse. <laughs> so I'm like, did you ask your mom? Yeah. What'd your mom say? She said no. Then what do you think my answer is? (laughs) It's probably no. Like yeah, it's no, dude. Come on, get out of here. Go. (laughs) Like I mean, I appreciate the effort, but no, it's not gonna happen. (laughs) Covered all your bases. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so like uh, she said no.
1: Oh, they're great though, man. Yours. So yours are eight and six. six. They're about to be nine and seven. Man, that's great. From about three to. Twelve probably were my really favorite. I mean, I say that every really every next stage is my favorite stage. So, but, but I love three to twelve. You I have love two boys. That, I do. Yeah, I do. So,
0: love to have had a girl. Just I'm scared. Yeah, I've about been scared the, to uh, death. The teenage part. Yeah. For yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's gonna be a nightmare. It's cool so, for, so many. It ways. is cool
1: for boys because there's they can start doing stuff with you that they can't do now, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. with you, like if you're golfing or shooting or whatever. They're actually a participant it's not like you're just untangling their fishing line the whole time or whatever whatever this activity is you know they're actually can do it with you and that's kind of cool and I guess girls can too I mean you can take them shooting and stuff and there's lots of cool stuff you can do so
0: you can hang out the hangout part I'm I'm looking forward to is both of them get older and that they're in like camping anything just outdoor stuff whatever adventures they um, they can do more and it's not me babysitting them it's it's her clothing and oh, boys yeah. and emotions yeah. and periods and can't help you, man. Sorry, good luck. good, luck with, good yeah. luck with that. Good luck with that, Stephen. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Can but you I'm send sure you it'll your be thoughts great. and prayers. It's, I'm sure it'll be special. Give me send me positive vibes. I will here in about ten years. I will. I'm gonna need them a lot of them. <laughs> it's gonna be bad.
1: You're gonna be the guy when the date comes to pick. You're gonna be cleaning the gun, right? Just hey, how are you?
0: No. Just cleaning it. I'm going to make every single boy that ever comes in that house miserable. Just miserable. Just swear. Every time. Oh yeah. There will be no like my father in law was so nice to me when I first met him. Right. So nice. So just genuinely didn't feel super I was respectful, very respectful. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like he wasn't trying to like intimidate me. Right. I will absolutely mentally torture every single human (laughs) that thinks they're going to date my daughter ever and if they like man there's gonna be so much yeah it's gonna be
1: a blast i can't imagine i always think of that saturday night live skit and it's old you probably haven't seen it but there's a there's a dad and he's a His daughter's up getting ready, and her first date, date's coming to pick her up, and he's just pacing the floor, he's sweating, he's so (laughs) nervous, and uh, so finally the doorbell rings, and he goes and answers the door, and the camera is on the guy's shoes, right, and they're these nice loafers, and the camera just keeps going up, nice slacks, keeps going up, nice collared shirt. And then when he gets to his head, it's just a big penis sticking out of the, <laughs> out of the guy's <laughs> collar with a face on it. And he says, hi, Mr. Johnson. I'm here to pick up your daughter. You know? that's,
0: that's what the dad saw. Just a big penis. Like, I bet that's exactly what it's like. Yes. 100%. I can't imagine anything other than that, which is just, man, I don't want to do it. I don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to do it. Uh, it's going to be so bad. Well, all right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you co-hosting with me. This has been fun. Hey, it's been an honor, man.
1: Uh, yeah, it was great being the spare fill-in for chick you can, You're can, you more than welcome to come
0: back on the show and replace, his, replace him every once in a while. All right. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Right. End it. Drop it. Send it. This has been beyond our service podcast if you like what you heard please subscribe review tell your friends all about us this show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available and if you'd like to reach out please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show see you next time